Welcome back to another episode of Scoop TV, and we're all one big Trojan family podcast hosted by uscscoop.com and published by your Trojan football recruiting expert guru, Scott Schrader. On this week's episode, um, it's starting to feel a lot like Christmas. Not really, but it is starting to feel like the football season is right around the corner. So on this episode, um, we're taking a look at what we heard and what we saw from today's PRP, which isn't a whole lot. You know, we're not allowed to watch the guys practice, but we do get to see what kind of shape they're in. And we were also able to uh, talk with Portland Ford after practice to uh, get a couple of his thoughts on, on, on the summer workouts. As well, um, Petco Media Day next week at this time. It's another sign that the season is getting close. We, uh, we learned that Keaton Slovis and Drake London will be representing the team uh, from the player side at Media Day. So we also decided to focus on the team's offense as we uh, get closer to fall camp, which will be starting in just a couple weeks. Uh, so that, plus a whole lot more on this episode, including a great question uh, that Brandon Ryder asked that will probably show up on next week's Monday Morass in the what if. So uh, tune in. We think you'll enjoy it. Fight on. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Scoop TV. I'm your host, Josh Ann, joined by my two wonderful co-hosts, Mark Colkin and Brandon Ryder. How y'all doing? Awesome. Yeah, I am literally, I'm sweating a little bit. I ran in the house like 20 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago shoved some homemade nachos after coming home from PRP. Um, we've got Scoop TV starting right now. We've got Josh and I got our pair of takes that we'll have up tomorrow. And then we're up to Utah this week. And uh, make sure you, uh, you read the board because I'm going to have some, uh, some PRP nuggets and an exclusive one-on-one with Clay Helton. Yep. That nice. We love that. Mark, uh, I know you're going to have that up, but anything else you want to uh, talk about from what you kind of got to see or mostly here, right? Because the access is not great at PRP right now. But First thing I want to do, Josh, is have you sit, scoot back like five inches so your chin isn't being cut off. Oh, my goodness. All right. There you go. How's that? Yeah, cool. Man. Much better. Okay, so what was the question? Uh, just kind of your other takeaways from uh, PRPs other than the nugget you're going to drop later on today. No. Um, today's PRP, again, we're, we're not allowed to watch any of the stuff right. that's going on the field. So we get to see the team coming and going as they leave the McKay Center, heading out to Brian Kennedy or to Loker, back and forth, yada, yada, yada. And then we get, you know, some access to a few players um, that are available after practice. Uh, today, um, very warm day. Uh, for one, I mean, it wasn't, you know, Nevada hot, you know, Las Vegas hot or, you know, sweaty balls hot that you get out there in Florida. Um, but it was warm. Yeah. Thumbs up, Josh. Uh, no, not a cloud in the sky, high blue, beautiful 80 something plus day. It was a loud practice, though. I mean, whatever was going on on Brian Kennedy, a lot of yelling, a lot of hooping and hollering. Uh, so they're having a good time. Um, we did catch up with Cortland Ford after practice. He's our, our, our post-practice interview that we got, so we'll get that up at some point as well. Um, 
other than that, I, I wish there was more that I could report on. Um, again, I will kind of on the USC scoop site, let everybody know what our little exclusive conversation with Clay Helton was about. Uh, that was really cool. But other than that, uh, the guys are in shape. Um, and one observation I, I really want to emphasize, and whether you want to perceive this as, as a, a knock on the previous strength and conditioning program, or you just want to look at it at they do things differently elsewhere. When you look at the players who have arrived at USC from other programs, there's a significant difference in the, in the look. So I'm going to leave that there. Mm. Whatever you want to take from that observation, run with it. However, uh, the guys from Texas, they're in great shape. They're big. They're huge. Um, they just eat different down there. That's what it is. They do, and hopefully they're bringing that added element of speed as well. Right. Uh, those are you know just a couple of things. Um, check my other notes. Oh, um, Mike Bone and Brandon Sosna stopped by as well. Uh, out of the blue. I don't want to say it was awkward, but you know normally when you know administrative guys show up, um, you're prepared because you know they're arriving and you might have some questions you're ready to, to ask. This one was just kind of a, hey, we're coming out here. We appreciate you guys showing up for these PRPs. We think you're going to be really excited for this season. They're working hard. The usual pablum that, you know, the athletic director and the athletic department want to kind of get out there. Um, but again, it, it was kind of cool that they, they even came out. I mean, there, like I had mentioned, there was me, there was another um, media member from a competing site, and there were four more from one other site. So there were a total of six of us out there today. Hmm. And to me, <laughs> I, I kind of appreciate uh, Mike Bone and Brandon Sosna coming out there and talking to us and kind of just having a little casual conversation for 10 to 15 minutes. Again, though, it was kind of awkward because nobody really knew was, you know, are we just out here shooting the shit or, you know, can we ask you questions? <laughs> so it, it was weird. I, I did ask a question. Um, I wanted to know as far as um, for game day is, you know, is, are all the concession stands going to be open? Is it going to be a normal game day experience? And Mike was quick to say yes, uh, as well as Brandon, that, you know, they're not going to have any pre- you know, pre-prepared meals. Um, they, they anticipate going forward full capacity, all concession stands open. So nice. hopefully um, we can stay that course. As you know, as you know, people might be aware of here in Southern California, they're tracking those numbers and hopefully uh, we have fans at the game. So I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> But no, that, that's good news. And obviously, I think the bigger thing here is like, I mean, the 10, 15 minute conversation is like, not, might not seem like the biggest of deal, but it's a sign of appreciation that um, the previous uh, athletic administration staff didn't necessarily emphasize. So I think it's good that, you know, Mike and Brandon took the time out of their day to come out there and just, you know, say hi. And, and again, and that's what I appreciated. 
and I, I did get off one sarcastic you know, comment only because he kind of lobbed it up there. You know, going back to, you know, when Mike was saying, you guys are really going to like what you're seeing out there. Uh, we've seen that these guys are working really hard. Um, I said, hey, I'll take your word for it. We don't get to see it yet. So um, mm -hmm. I don't know if Mike caught the sarcasm. I know Brandon did because he kind of gave one of those haha chuckles. Um, but again, it wasn't it wasn't meant to be mean. It was just like, hey, we want to get out there. Yeah, we want to so, see it. Right. And um, that's something I, I kind of <clears throat> wrote it out to Clay when he was on, you know, heading out to practice. Uh, you know, he, he took a moment to acknowledge us that were out there and says, you guys are really going to like what you're seeing out there this year. So I hope so. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to see it one of these days. When? Yeah. Speaking of when, I was looking at the calendar and fall camp is quickly approaching. You know, that that uh, season over opener against San Jose State is not that far away. So today nope. we're going to take a look at the offense. Nope. Right? So quarterback, running back, receiver, offensive line. Um, obviously, there's still a lot to be kind of figured out. Fall camp hasn't started yet, so the depth chart is not set. But there's some positions where I think we have a decent idea of what it might look like. Um, obviously, at quarterback, uh, we won't spend too much time on that. Keaton Slovis, number nine, is going to be the starter in there. Um, the two freshmen backing him up, Jackson Dart and Miller Moss. And I think we should also add, too, that uh, preferred walk-on, Brendan Costello, mm -hmm. will also be on the roster, too. So another uh, it, another quarterback that has college experience. You know what? If we're going to yeah. listen to all, let's not forget uh, Brad Aoki. Oh, yeah. Right? Did we yep. leave anybody else off? I know there's one more walk on. Someone jump on the roster. Well, you got Mo, but he's injured right now, so he won't be participating in fall camp. By the way, I asked. I actually put the request in to to talk to Mo after practice today as well. Um, initially, I got the yes, and then before the interview started, um, Tim Hill came on and says, uh, "We prefer you guys not talk to anybody who's on the injured list right now. We don't want to get in trouble." Gotcha. Mm. Okay. We'll, we'll ask Mo if he could put us on his show. How about that? <laughs> I, said, Tim, I was like, Tim, all I wanted to ask him was about his podcast. So, anyway. That's how you know. When you end up on his show, that's when you know you made it. He's had some pretty big oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, bro. He's, so, we got to get to Mo. The, the quest to get to Mo continues. <laughs> we want to do a segment with Mo Hassan and his, his podcast. The media, we are not your enemy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah i mean well yeah the, the quarterback situation is very straightforward at usc it's not a bad thing obviously you know I, I think most of us assume that this will be this could be keating's last season in los angeles um if he has a strong showing then you know he might take advantage of that and then i think it'll be interesting to see if like <clears throat> if usc gets in any situations where they can get the younger guys some in-game snaps those always help obviously the four there's a four game rule so they could also just redshirt that season as well so right yeah. you know it go ahead you know, John. go ahead it, it, it'll be interesting to me if uh they have any packages for jackson dart uh especially maybe in situations like you said we have a little bit of a lead maybe not a situation where they want to put him in permanently but we have a lead and they want to you know get him a little bit of experience maybe a trick play that they have lined up with him because of the athleticism that he brings to the field so, you know, I, I, I'm on the lookout for the, for things like that. Yeah, and the Mix nice it up a little bit. 
exactly. And to, to Josh's point uh, on that four game, you know, tryout, um, it doesn't matter when they play either. They could play game one, they could play game 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as it's, you know, they, they stay within the, the quota, uh, it's all good. So, right. but yeah, uh, offensively, I, I think we all agree. Keaton Slovis is QB one this year. Right. Uh, the, the key is keeping Keaton Slovis upright and playing in every game this year. Right. You know, um, I've been asked a lot of questions about Keaton uh, lately by people, you know, just in passing or who see me with USC stuff on and want to ask me how, how our season is looking. And that's my number one thing is keep him healthy and put him in situations where he don't got to throw the ball 40 times a game. Well, how do, how do you do that? And, and that's a rhetorical question. I, I think everybody knows the answer. Um, so, you know, if they can get the running game going, great. You know, Keaton can now, we can ask him to drop back and pass 30 times, 30, 30 to 35 times a game, as opposed to those five extra or maybe 10 extra opportunities um, when you're getting above 40 times a game. And then it's, it's much easier when they have to load up in the box and it makes the opportunities easier on the outside, take shots down the field. It just it just really opens everything up. Just really opens mm-hmm. everything up. Right. And obviously the key is the offensive line this year. So yeah. <clears throat> I, I know they're working their asses off. Um, whether today was a concerted effort from Heritage Hall to have head coach Helton come over and tell us this, as well as the athletic directors come over and tell us this. Um, they wanted every, they wanted the media to know, so we can let you know, um, they're busting in their asses this summer. They didn't get, they didn't have this opportunity last year, so they are taking advantage of it. They want us to be able to see it, but you know, their hands are tied. So if they're keeping things hidden, whether it's by choice or whether it's by mandate, whatever, um, I don't care. I'd like to see it, but as long as they are working their asses off, hey, now, now you've got expectations to be met uh, come September 4th. Because, Sam, Mark, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say, let's, let's talk about the offensive line then. Let's, let's shift our attention over there. I think it's an interesting group because you could have as many as four <laughs> returning starters on the offensive line with Mackenzie, Jim, and Nealon, and Voorhees. But there's a lot of like talented, up and coming uh, new players. Like, you know, I, I think we all assume that Cortland Ford has the best shot at winning that left tackle spot. Jonah Monheim is going to be hard to keep off the field. Um, if you all remember Clay McGuire compared to him to a really, really good Pac 12 player, Joe Dahl, right? And so he's also up there. And then, you know, there's other guys on their roster too that they could always plug in. And so, what, I mean, what are your early predictions on how that might all unfold? I'm telling you right now, this is my early prediction. And we've talked about this before. Oh, for sure. USC Scoop, we've written about it. And we've talked about it here on the show. Um, I believe one way or another that Cortland Ford and Monheim will be starting this year. Um, and by the way, we spoke with Cortland after today's practice for a few minutes, and I'll you know we'll get that interview up as well. Um, now, whether uh, Jonah is the starting right tackle, starting right guard, you know, with him and Mackenzie flipping, I don't know. What I do know, what I strongly feel, is that Ford will be starting left tackle, 
Andrew Voorhees will be your starting left guard. I, I think the team is very comfortable starting Brett Nealon as your starting center. Um, your starting right guard, I think, is where starting right guard and right tackles where the big competition is going to be this this fall. Because mm. you've got Liam Jimmins, you've got Jalen McKenzie, you've got Jonah Monheim, you've got Jason Rodriguez, who might, you know, you've got Justin Dietrich. Yeah, I was going to say him too. Yeah. Justin Dietrich, I think, is really the wild card here. So, you know, as much as everybody pitches and whines and moans, and there's been some good reason about the offensive line and how productive they've been. I, if the O-line is ready this year, it's deep. If there's a good mixture of, of young and old, they're the key. Yeah, they, now, they really are the key. Can Clay McGuire, you know, can he talk the language? Can he speak to them? And all of a sudden, make it work. That's the key. And you know what we when we've spoken to the you know to the guys, um, they say that you know Clay McGuire he he talks the he speaks the language, and you know that's what we heard from Jason last week. We've heard it from other uh, linemen as well during spring camp. Let's find out. And we could yeah, talk. Let me yeah i mean yeah for sure and i mean we could talk about it but we're, we're also going to see it right i think it's i think it's fair to say that uh maybe tim drevenel wasn't the best scheme fit so now they've got their guy they've got the guy that has the experience running the similar system that graham harrell had um i also wanted to uh, mention justin didig he's kind of like the i don't know if he's going to be starting or not but he's kind of like that perfect versatile lineman that you want in, if something is needed so let's say andrew Vorey is like you know Something happens to him. He can step in a left guard. Brett Neely needs to come out for a couple of snaps. You could throw Justin in there. I think he's a very important piece to have on that offensive line in terms of depth chart. Absolutely. Absolutely. You need somebody like that. Mm -hmm. you know, he's a, he, in baseball terms for Dodger fans, he's there, Chris Taylor. You know, you could, pro, you could put him at any position. You know, you could probably put him at a tackle if you had to in a pinch, but. Yeah, for sure. He's definitely your, your interior guy from left to right. So, yeah, uh, if, if the offensive line can cut down their sacks allowed, get the running game. Look, we don't need 175, 200 yards per game. I was talking to somebody else out there about this today. If the, US, if the running game can produce 130 to 150 yards per game on the ground, the offense is going to explode. Mm -hmm. and, I'm and those are net, those are net yards after sacks are taken away. So if we can cut down the 2.5 or seven sacks that they were allowing per game last year, whatever that number was, cut it down to you know one or less, we're good. Brandon, what are your thoughts on the offensive line? I mean, we've said it all. We, we've talked about it all summer. And, you know, those numbers Mark just threw out there really sound attainable. And they sound expectable. You know, that, that those are numbers that you should expect. You know, 150 rushing yards a game. When you're talking about Vavai, Malapai, uh, Keontae, Ingram, um, you know, and the other backs are back there. 
no offense to our walk-on running backs. If you're USC, you should be able to run 130 to 150 yards per game. I don't care who yes. you're running back. Yes. Period. Thread. End of story. There it is. After, so like, after the two Arizona games last year, their rushing yards kept going down every single game. Mm-hmm. Stay for the UCLA game. Somehow or another, they actually hit 100 yards. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, the the game of football is, has been the same for since the beginning of it all. It's one up front. The battle of the trenches. If USC can win that battle in the trenches when it comes to the running game, protecting Keaton Slovis, and I think those two definitely go hand-in-hand, you know, with balance, both become easier, take advantage of it. And, and, and that'll be the difference. We know the talent is everywhere on this team, quarterback, receiver, tight end, you name it, we got it. Five stars, four stars, all of that. So it's up to those guys up front. They're going to make the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to remember where I read it. Someone was talking about, you know, they were talking about Keaton Slovis um, having, you know, not having enough mobility or whatever. If he just had three or four seconds, well, you, you know, give any quarterback four seconds to, you know, back there. They're going right. to Right. So it's not that he needs four seconds. It's just that every quarterback wants that much time. Right. I mean, if you go look at a, a Trevor Lawrence highlight tape, you know, it, it's not a lot of sweat dripping off that brow. I'll tell you that. It, it's all about if you can't recognize open grass in two seconds, two and a half seconds, you better be looking for open grass to run to. That's the, I mean, that's the progression. And I, I think that's the next step that Keaton needs to take this year. Because yes. there are plenty of times we've all seen it where the, you know, the offensive line has done their job. As a quarterback, you can't hold on to the ball past four seconds and not expect to, you know, feel something. Right. And, you know, I know some of that has to do with trusting your receivers. And, and, and that's kind of a nice segue into all the new faces they'll have to throw the ball to at the receiver and the tight end position. Um, with what I believe is uh, three transfers, four transfers at the position we talked about last time. Um, you know, you have three incoming freshmen. Um, you got some guys that may, be, may or may not be around for fall camp. Uh, some guys are left for the NFL. A, a lot of – there's some change at that wide receiver position, Josh and Mark. Well, we know that Drake London is locked and loaded as – wide receiver one. Um, I think it's safe to assume that they have a much larger role planned for Brew McCoy this mm-hmm. year because he, do you, do you remember the number of receptions he had last year? I want to say it was in the twenties. Um, Gary Bryant uh, also came on towards the end of last year. So those are three knowns. Um, you then have John Jackson and 21 catches for group. Okay. So 21 catches and they played what? Six games. So, yeah, I I think we anticipate a much larger role for brew. So yeah, there, there's, 
there's opportunities for the other wide receivers. Um, you know, whether Taj Washington steps into a role, um, the most recent transfer uh, arrival, Jake Smith. Then you've got the monster dude who, I mean, every time I see him, I'm wondering why he's not in the NFL yet. Malcolm Epps, who came over from Texas. Uh, dude is just massive. Oh, we got a new coach I didn't know about. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, Kyle Ford is uh, coming back healthy, hopefully. Um, who, who am I missing? I mean, the, the, uh, Gary Bryant. Katie Nixon, you know, transferred in from Colorado. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of role he can carve out for himself. Is he going to be mm -hmm. a special teams guy? You know, one guy who I'm excited to have on campus now, and I wish you could tell me what he was doing at PRP, is Joseph Manjack. It's another one. Um, and, and again, I don't mean this to, to say he's like the bottom of the barrel, but I think we have, you know, I, I think we have to start forecasting who's probably going to redshirt this year. Mm -hmm. I, I, oh, I, I anticipate all three of the freshmen redshirt, no doubt. You haven't even mentioned Mike, Michael Jackson's name yet. Right. I mean, this dude exploded during the spring. Right. I, I anticipate Michael Jackson to play, but because of the four-game redshirt rule, I still think he'll end up being a redshirt. No, I'll tell you what. If he carries over what he did in the spring in the fall camp, it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. True that. Showed zero fear. And he was backing down to <laughs> nobody. And we're talking about guys that – some guys will back down from <laughs> right Talked about during spring camp so yeah it'll be offensively i think the team look we we know what they're capable of uh it's a matter of them putting it together so you know hopefully we'll be out there to see it soon with our own eyes um because like i said the athletic department made sure we knew today that they're working their butts off. Clay Holton made sure to let us know that they were working their butts off today. They, I, I think everybody feels the anticipation because um, we are getting close. I mean, a week from today is media day, Pac-12 media day, a week from today. And then a week from that, all camp starts. We're two weeks away, guys. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy, man. I'm looking forward to it. It's that shortened season was just like a taste, man. I need to, I need right. a full course meal. If you would right. have home sooner, you could be sitting right next to me at media day next week. But no, Josh has got to stick it out in Florida and get sticky balls. Coming soon. <laughs> Coming soon. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, you know, y'all mentioned the new faces in the wide receiver room and the running back room is going to look super different too. Yes. Yeah. Two of the three leading rushers from last year's team are gone. They've been replaced. Uh, Vivai Malapai, he's he coming back for it. I believe his sixth season, so he's a he's a vet in the room. Is that why Keontae Ingram? Is that why? That why he changed his number to six? <laughs> man, I know Maybe. at one point this season I'm gonna be like, man, when did Michael Pittman get shorter? I know I'm gonna think that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna see him in the backfield. I'm like, wait a second, who's number six? I'm gonna have to check this. The, if it gets scrunched up, you might mistake him for Amon Ra. Like, oh, what's Amon yeah. doing back on the field? Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting room too. They got Vavai, the, the vet, Keontae Ingram from Texas, Darren Barla from TCU, Brandon Campbell, the freshman. Of course, Kenny Christian, our, our speedy running back. 
yep. he's also there. So I, I saw I, I took another peek at Barlow today. Man. For those of you who remember Curtis McNeil, Moody, um, he was built like a bowling ball. He was like all of five foot six, five foot seven on his tippy toes, just thick, hard rock. So that's what Barlow looks like, but taller. So that's why I call him like a mini Saquon Barkley. I mean, he just, mm. he's got that look. And that goes back to maybe add some context to what I was alluding to earlier. You can tell the difference from guys who have come from other programs. Mm -hmm. you, they just, they look different. So, yeah. The pieces are there. And right now, everybody's healthy. Right. That's going to be, I think that's going to be the key. Now, I got a question about the running back room. I know uh, early on in the spring, um, Coach Jinx talked about finding his RB1. Do you guys still think that's the case, or you do you think it's going to be a pretty healthy rotation? You go, Josh. Oh, my God. It's a tough question, man, because I feel like they tried the rotation thing, and it just ended up being one of these weird situations where, like, nobody could really get a rhythm, and then everybody just ends up being like, I don't know what's going on, you know? So I think even in, if in the short term, you know, you might hurt some feelings when that depth chart comes out and you know that running back one is going to get kind of be the bell cow, right? Mm -hmm. I think it might be better for, to have one guy that gets in there. And I don't know who's going to be yet. Obviously, we need to help fall camp. Um, let these guys earn their keep, like let them under spot. But I don't think it's a bad idea necessarily. I think it's okay to try something new at the very least. Do you think a two-back set? Is the compromise? See, that's interesting. Because what if, let's say, what if you throw in a Darwin Barlow with a Keenan Grissom? There's so many options and versus, you know. And now you make it interesting. Now you make it interesting. And it's a new look. It's a wrinkle that, you know, they showed it last year, but they didn't use it. Now stop it. Use it. Make it part of your base package. Do you think there's a possibility we can see an all-Texas transfer set with Barlow and Ingram in the backfield, Epps at tight end, and Brew McCoy and Jake Smith at the wide receivers? University of Texas at Los Angeles. Yeah, I'm a, I made that joke somewhere. Do me a favor. Send me, send me a message for what if next week. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, just as a reminder, I'll throw that out there. Yes. Because that, that that's a very that's an intriguing thought. Yeah, just and I'm not saying that that's really going to happen, but you just the I mean, possibility of that. You, all these Texas kids on USC's offense—it's crazy now. Don't take California recruiting for granted. Don't take California recruiting for granted. No, that is right. That was no, a, that was on Monday's morass. Yes, USC scoop yesterday. Still up on USC scoop, by the way. Yes. Sure. Mark, how do you feel about the potential kind of like 1A, 1B type of thing, though? Is that is that something that – is that an idea you can get on board with as well? I can, absolutely. But, again, C, D, and E then are just going to be – do we have C, D, E, and C, D, and E left if right. they're going to 1B? I, I think that's when you start seeing the portal maybe in reverse mode. Yeah. For sure. The portal giveth, the portal taketh away. 
There you go. Yes, it does. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. There are all these messages. Yeah. It's gonna be very interesting. I think the last the last group we gotta talk about is tight end. I think the tight end group is like it's 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 interesting because I think as the Graham Harrell era progresses, you're seeing them start to add that kind of like that Drake London mold. They're looking for mm -hmm. that guy in every class now. And last year it was Michael Trigg. Um, yes. Obviously, you got Eric Cromenhoek. You got Malcolm X. I said Malcolm X. Malcolm Epps, the, <laughs> the grown man. It's a, I, I think it's – and Josh Follow is obviously there too, and they've got a couple other guys. like Josh Follow is definitely in his seventh year at SC. <laughs> well, I'll tell no, you. He's, a, he's in my grade. He's a fifth year. I took writing 150 for him. All my SC alums know what class that is. <laughs> Just a, an idle observation. I don't know why. It's, it's something that sticks in my craw right now. But last week and this week, both times that I've watched Fallow um, leaving practice, going back into the McKay Center, he's he's been holding um, a piece of paper. You know, like you know, play. You know how they write plays and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, which to me, it, it it's not. I'm not trying to point this out as a negative. I'm trying to point it out as whoa. You know, is he 100 dedicated right now? Is he oh, man. yeah. Is he ready to be the guy? Right, right. I mean. To make sure we know he has the skill set, and that's what man, you look at that tight end position with Michael Trigg as the freshman, it's talented, it's talented. Julio, Ethan Ray, real quick on, on Trigg, awesome personality. Um, him and Kristen Miller are, are like two peas in a pod. Mm -hmm. uh, Eric McKinney from We Are SC made the comment that Michael Trigg is probably going to start some of the most useless. Arguments on the team. <laughs> I think this person's better than that person. It's gonna, uh, he's never going to let that Florida California battle go. I'm pretty sure he's that guy. Yeah. Y'all know where he's at. There was some sort of idle conversation going on with among the guys when they were going back and forth between Loker and Brian Kennedy. And Eric Gilbert's name, the tight end from LSU, who's now at Georgia. Georgia, yeah. Kept coming up, and it was something that Trigg was talking about, and they were all like, there was just something going on back and forth. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, the tight end group, it's there. A lot of talent. Got to use it, though. Got to use it. You know, Got to use it. If anything, you know, copy Stanford in the red zone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just talking with the tight end, you know, jump ball in the corner or the back shoulder. Go big. Yeah, go big. Go package. Yeah. Play the action in there. Slip the tight end around the back. Beautiful. And, you know, I, I have a hunch we'll see that this year. I have a hunch. Hey, fellas, unfortunately, I'm going to have to leave early. I got to get these kids home. Yep, you're a dad. We get oh, no it. No problem. All right, but hey, get you next week. Don't worry. Oh, fight sure on, everybody. Make sure you get caught up on Loki. Yes. Yes. Trust me. One day. In another universe, maybe. <laughs> Alternate timeline. If When you watch the end of it, you'll remember that comment in a, in a multi-universe. Enjoy, man. Peace. Fight on. So you and me, Josh. Any uh any uh, last thoughts on the uh, offense, Mark? Before we wrap this up, you know, 
obviously the key is keeping Keaton healthy because once he goes, if he gets hurt this year, we are down to two true true freshmen plus the transfer. Brandon Costello. True. Um, you know, we but we saw something like this happen before. It wasn't a quarterback that got hurt. But, you know, once the decision was made to switch to Sam Darnold, the team took off with a different quarterback. I'm not saying that's what needs to be done. Please don't even, I'm, it's not what I'm implying. I'm just saying that's what you have to look forward to in the unfortunate event that Keaton gets knocked out of a game. We're going to have a true freshman playing quarterback this year. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like an uncomfortable thing to think about, but it's also something you have to consider given given the fact that Keaton's been knocked out of games a couple of times. You know, obviously we hope that doesn't happen, but, you know, if if it does happen, you know, you hope that those, these kids are ready like Keaton was, literally like Keaton was a few years ago, and they're able to step in and make some plays. Like Matt Fink was. Yep. Even like, hey, if you want to bring up Sam Darnold too, Sam Darnold was more than ready. And he and people need to remember he's Sam stepped up, but he struggled. Mm-hmm. He had some rough moments in the game. Rough moments, right? So, anyways, that 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 that's our completely side point we were we were getting at. So, yeah, yeah. Um, the the point we were we were making, um, the offensive line is going to be a huge play a huge role because keeping Keaton healthy the whole year is primary. And that's where I think they're going to focus on the run this year. I think they recognize that. Yeah. You can only, you know, roll the dice so many times when you're at the table, dropping back and passing. So if you don't have a running game working, you just, you're, you're asking for trouble. Would you say that's the offensive line could be the difference between USC winning, let's say like eight games and 10 games this year? But I, part of me really believes that. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah, I, I need to hear every single offensive lineman say, our RPO stands for run people over. I love that. Shout out J-Rod. That's good. Yes. Let's get, in fact, let's get some t-shirts made. <laughs> Why not, right? That's a nice thing, right? That's a nice thing. I can see like a little Twitter post about that from the right. USC account. You know? Hey, you can get a little video out of that. We're in a kind of a until fall camp starts, we're kind of in a gray area of like, we don't know what content to put out there. So, <laughs> I mean, you can only do so many clips of guys lifting weights, right? Like, I mean, I love them, but like, you know, it's nice to mix into <laughs> other stuff too. So uh, we, we mentioned it a, a few minutes ago, um, Pac-12 Media Day next week. Um, what are some of the questions you think we should ask? I think, I think, you know, we just spend so much time talking about it, but definitely, you know, the offensive line is the question that Clay is, Clay is going to be asked about the most. I can I tell you one way okay. who USC, which two USC players will be representing. You want to take a guess? Uh, one offense, one defense, I'm guessing. Two offense. Two offense. That. Keaton Slovis and Drake London. Cool. Yeah, it was the two offense. I think it was the one that was like we heard that it was like, oh, okay, interesting. They didn't. They're not bringing a different. I mean, because yeah, 
I would think that, you know, Drake Jackson has earned the right. Chris Steele. Isaiah Polnau. Yeah, it's interesting. So, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not mad, not upset, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's not the biggest deal, but, you know. No. <laughs> um, and I do want to reiterate, uh, I plan on having my table full of snacks and bottled <laughs> drinks. For those have a buffet. You have a buffet. We received an email, the media, that we now have to wear our masks indoors, uh, even if you're completely vaccinated, unless you're eating or drinking. So I will be in constant eating and drinking. You're going to be so full when you get out of there. Right. But what will be interesting, though, is how they're getting, you know, typically during the Q&A session is after the speakers, you know, the media gets up and they kind of kind of bum rush the podium so they can, you know, ask their individual questions of the players and the coaches. How are they going to do that this year? Uh, you know, are they going to do that? Are they going to allow that? Or, you know, are they just going to have one of those Phil Donahue, you know, Jerry Springer type of things where they just pass the mic around the, the audience and I don't know. Yeah. Next week. Well, I'm sure you'll tell us in, uh, in a week or so. Looking yeah. forward to it. So, yeah, um, I'm sure most of the regular mundane questions will be asked. Um, but as far as asking Keaton and Drake London, uh, I'm sure we'll come up with some I'll try and come up with a, you know, a couple of unique questions that they weren't anticipating. Um, I always like those types of questions. Yeah, more That's than just like the, more than just like the, you know, the mundane, like talk about this, talk about that, you know, get a little bit more in depth, you know, let right. these and, guys speak their mind a little bit. And that's why I wanted to talk to Mo Hassan today. Uh, not so much about his podcast and, or to get, you know, his injury update. I wanted to get his perspective on the young quarterbacks. Because his role has changed this year. You know, he was going to be competing as a for the backup role. Um, but you know, he's not going to be playing this year. So now he's got he's got more of a you know kind of an on-field, on the field coach's role. I wanted to get his impression of Miller Moss and Jackson Dart, what he sees. Um, so maybe hopefully we can make that happen at some point. Yeah. So we like to talk to people who don't get talked to frequently. Uh, I could talk to Keaton next week at media day. So me talking to him during PRP is. And a hundred more times at fall camp. <laughs> to, to, to Keaton because he's a, he's the man. He but, is the uh, man. He's just not as important. <laughs> okay. Somebody's going to take that seriously. Somebody's going to take that seriously. No, you know it. <laughs> sound bite out there. In fact, you know what? I'm going to put that sound bite out there. <laughs> oh my God. Somebody run with it. Anyways, so yeah, that's where we're at. We're two weeks away. Pac-12 media days next week. A week later, boom. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. And we'll have a we'll do a defense next week. Mark will have uh, more updates on from media day, and then we're off. We're pretty much off at that point. Yeah. When I'm done, when we're when we're done with this recording here, um, I'll get this up as soon as I can. But I'm gonna. I'm, Get up our uh, little notes from notes and observations from today's PRP. You guys the, will like it. Yeah, with the players walking back and forth. Um, so get this up as quickly as we can, and we'll go from there. Other than that, all right, everybody. We'll, uh, next week. Next week. Spot on. <laughs>